This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the packet8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. The show is about your calls. We go straight to the phones. It's Frank in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Frank. Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Oh, hello it's there. It's a sad day for the United States. You're in New York and it's the morning, huh? Pardon me? I was just going to say, you're in New York and it's the morning to you. No, actually, it's uh, 7.07 p.m. Eastern Standard <laughs> right, Time. Right. Okay, sorry. But it's a sad day for the United States with the tragedy down at Virginia Tech. Sure. And what I wanted to say is, you know, certainly the nation's heart goes out to those courageous students and professors that were basically, you know, just pursuing the honorable course of knowledge acquisition mm-hmm. to actually have, you know, such a tragic occurrence occur. But what I wanted to say is that every day in Afghanistan and Iraq, Iraqi civilians and Afghans, you know, are killed 20, 20 one day, 30 the next, mm-hmm. maybe on a Sunday morning, uh, 54 with the car bomb. And all we hear on the news, national news, is maybe, you know, five or ten seconds. Yeah, it's just a footnote. Stating that. Right. But we have to realize that all people are precious. All children are precious. Not only to the parents, but to humanity. Thank you for that, Frank. And I agree. I I, I totally agree. And I I don't know if, uh, yeah, I don't know how many Americans agree with you. I I wonder about that. Sadly, I don't think many do because I, you know, the support that. What I have seen my nation go through in the last six years has completely, you know, turned my stomach in many ways, especially with the U.S. endorsing a policy of torture that's been illegal since the Geneva Conventions, which the United States is still a member of. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, you know, so many good people that have been attempting to protest the war have been harassed by the FBI and the Homeland Security people. And, you know, I never would have expected this. I read about this in the history books with Nazi Germany and the gulag uh, that existed in the Soviet Union. But, you know, it's a sad day for this nation. And I would just say that, you know, today President Bush was most eloquent, giving his uh, little eulogy and his statement of condolences to the United States and to the university community at Virginia Tech. But, you know, it's sad that President Bush and his wife don't come to any of the American funerals of the soldiers, the men and women that have died, pursuing his policy. Is that true? Which is illegal. Yeah, it is. And uh, Hmm. I think, you know, it's time for America to sort of reflect over the next three days as we look at our flag at half-mast and sort of think about what this nation has done, not only to its own people, but to those abroad. Wow. Well said, Frank. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the call at 800-259-9231. That's an excellent perspective. And, um, you know, it's not just the lives that are American that count. It's every life around the world. And if if people can do something to avoid senseless death, shouldn't they? Uh, In which case, there are certain things that can be done in both of those situations to avoid further death. Uh, In the, the Virginia Tech situation and on all other school campuses around the country, People should be free to carry their firearms that they would carry anywhere else. And uh, that, of course, would lead to more safety. And I think you may have a story about firearms being used in, uh, I guess, somebody was trying to rob a bar or something like that. We might get to that here in a moment. But allowing people to have the freedom 
to carry their weapons would make it so that a madman gunman would think twice before even trying something like this, because he might realize, he would come to the realization that, hmm, there's a good chance there's going to be somebody standing around at the time I pull out my weapons that will also have one of his own or her own. And that could go a long way towards preventing violence like this. And then on the Iraq situation and every other um, terrible war that this, you know, this country has been in, we could have just not gone. And in the, in the case of Iraq now, we could, um, the, the country could bring its troops home. And that, I don't know if that will stop all of the sectarian violence over there, but darn, it sure would help. I mean, at least then our troops wouldn't be, uh, res- uh, the, the government's troops would not be responsible for killing innocent life. Well, you know, we're sort of responsible for creating a mess over there, but I don't think we can solve it, and the Iraqi people don't want our help. So I think uh, going home is really the only solution from Iraq, and quite right. honestly, I don't see any reason that we have um, should have troops in every country around the world, 130 it's, of them. Right. Uh, bringing, our tr- bringing the troops home from around the world is the only way to show respect for other human life out there. I Otherwise, mean, we're just threatening people at all times. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what an army is. It's it's it is a threat. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Alex in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey guys, how are hey, you? Doing great. What's on your mind? Well, yeah, I'm a I'm a University of Florida student and I think uh, this whole Virginia Tech thing has really started, you know, made me think about what if that happened to me. And I think it's one of the one of the things that really makes me angry is that this government won't allow me to uh defend myself mm-hmm. if such a if such a, a madman were to come into my classroom. And um, and it really just strikes to me the fact that uh, if that were to occur, I would basically have no means of defending myself or no lawful means of defending myself, right? Sure. Yeah, if you happen so, to have yeah. a gun, you'd be brought up on charges if you used it. Now, at the University of Florida, what's the policy on I bet it's the same. Oh, the same thing. I mean, if you're caught with a gun, it's like a felony or whatever. Right. I mean, the, all hell would break loose, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Can you? I just. It, it seems so antithetical to what uh, our culture is these days. The idea of bringing a concealed weapon into a classroom. But what's the big deal? I don't know. And I mean, I've 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 come out of high school already, so I I might as well say it. But like when I was in high school, like I always carried like knives in my back in my backpack, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I didn't really go to, you know, that stand-up of a high school was pretty, there's always, like, shady activity in gangs and all that kind of stuff. So I tended always to protect myself. And um, you got to take so precautions. I, yeah, I you understand. do. And, I mean, and like Ian said it the other, like yesterday, um, he basically said, you know, no, I mean, it was Saturday, yeah, yesterday. He basically said, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather be alive and in prison than, you know, dead, you know, six feet under the ground. Sure. And that's sort of, that's sort of the position I take. Yep. And it's sad that this government won't allow me to. You know, it's it's the lawful citizens that that abide by these laws, and it just these people can't see it, especially these people that say, you know, you can't give people guns because they're they're too crazy. They'll go around shooting everyone, and uh, you know, I think that's just that's just uh, uh, you know, blindsided stuff. Right, and uh, already, as I as I suggested yesterday, the the calls for gun control were going to increase the the day after, and they have been. Uh, there was a major story on ABC News today. Uh, the people around the world are questioning why Americans still have access to firearms, and you know, on and on, and uh, you, you know, know, people I- deconstructing the killer and how he went and he bought one gun one month and then waited a month because that was the law. So he then he bought his second gun, as though you know, oh, if we'd only you know, if we'd only had more of a waiting period in there or, you know, blah, whatever the, you know, their hypothetical situation is. As though it would have stopped that it. That would have stopped it, yeah. You know, it seems like a lot of violence, especially when you're talking about, you were just talking about high school, and it seems like a lot of violence comes from people that believe they have a physical advantage over somebody else. Um, this you know, guy didn't look too big. I don't know. I don't. He looks kind of like a little... 
Like this guy was angry. Freak? This is a this is a crime of passion as opposed to uh, sort of a bullying type crime. Okay. I'm talking about. Um, I would think that you know guns make people equal in a lot of ways. Right. I mean, certainly you have the surprise uh, factor, which you know, uh, if if I, I don't know how to, you, you can't handle that. Um, but when it comes to uh, you know force and and one person being stronger than the other, being able to take somebody's money, that kind of thing, guns put people on a more equal uh, footing, and. I don't see what's wrong with equality. It would, um, it, you know, when the, when you take the guns away, that's when big guys control little guys or big guys rape women. I mean, that's when that's when the problems occur. And if you really take the guns away, then we're all going to be controlled by the government because that's where it's going eventually. Speaking Alex, of big guys, Alex, any final thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, it's sad because this is going to keep on keep on happening, and it won't stop until you know the people understand that they have to protect themselves and. Uh, I like an old saying I used to use, uh, God created man and, and guns made you know men equal. So There you go. Thank you for the call, Alex. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. And that is the Packet8.net toll-free line. Now, I said last night that we had a story that I really thought was pretty important. And there are two parts to it. The first part is from Gallup. And it's about how Americans today have been so effectively brainwashed by the government, by the government education system. What they've been brainwashed to believe is that rich people are bad. Bad, bad, bad. And they should be taxed, taxed, taxed. And uh, we'll give you the statistics here because it's pretty stunning. And then the even more stunning information about how most Americans are now taking money from the government. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That is the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We got a lot of stuff on our site, and we give it all away. Though one of the ways you can help support the show is by going to auction.freetalklive.com. This just went up today. You just told me about it, Mark. And uh, I think it's an interesting idea. We'll I don't see know. how it goes. Right. I, I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't have really uh, high hopes for this. Where the chips are going to fall? I, you know, I thought that uh, we, we we often do our banners on uh, eBay at auction.freetalklive.com. That's right, our website banners. And we sell them there. We haven't had any uh, on for a while because generally people buy their banners and stay on. Right. I've got a bunch of people locked in on those banners. Mm-hmm. So we've only got one that like rotates out every time. And it's uh, it's so it's rare that we have an auction. And I thought, hmm, let's try this for spot radio what is it well it's a, it's an auction for uh, one ad per day every day for 13 weeks i think it runs from may from the beginning of may to the end of uh, july so and you get a full run basically a 13 week run right 30, one ad per one 30 show, second ad one 30 show. second ad on the radio on the radio right it won't go on the podcast um i i didn't put a reserve on it i put it right. at one dollar so this could go for I mean, this $2. could go for the price of a banner. It could go for a hundred bucks. It could go. It, it could go at anything. But I figured right. that way we're not going to do any work on it. Um, we'll, we'll give it to the uh, syndicator. They'll take care of it. Uh, it'll play uh, right. at least once a show. But we don't have to read the ad. We don't have to insert. We it got in the, the inventory to sell, so I think it's an interesting concept. Yeah, that's we'll that was really my thought process. I, I sincerely hope that um, we don't get tight on inventory by the end of the ad run, and I'm regretting it. But, um, you, yeah. know, well, you know, right hey. now I have I have some open time, so we'll give it a shot. 
So it's up for auction right now. Right. So an entire... So uh, if you've considered doing ad um, radio ads on Free Talk Live and you were concerned about the price, this is the time to try it out at And auction. it'll get you on every single one of our 20 uh, radio affiliates. Yes, that's correct. And uh, the three cable affiliates and all the pirates. And the uh, live stream. Not all the cable ones. No? Probably, you have to be careful with that, Mark. Oh, I don't know. Uh, th- there's a certain reason why the cable affiliates are separate from the radio affiliates. For instance, one of our cable affiliates only takes a half an hour of the show okay. every single day. I see. And repeats that half an hour several times. Interesting. So you, you can't really quote people on that. But oh. nonetheless, you'd be on all of our radio affiliates... Um, anyway, for 13 weeks. That's pretty and cool. And the live stream, which has hundreds of people on it. So auction.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Let's talk to CJ in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, CJ. Hey, fellas. Um, right as the show was starting, I heard an interesting little blurb come over the GCN News that made me go out and hunt up an article. And uh, it's from... Today, this morning, and the headline of the article is Japanese mayor assassinated. Really? Uh-oh. What was he uh, killed with? Uh, I believe it would be a handgun, a revolver. Oh, wait a minute. A Aren't those illegal in Japan? Indeed they are. Hmm. Guess who, who actually assassinated him? Um, a government person? No, it would be a member of the Yakuza. Oh, the Japanese mafia. Yes, mm. yes. And Makes sense. Who else would have uh, guns, right? Yes, yes. The only the only firearms allowed by citizens in Japan are shotguns for um, bird hunting. So uh, yes, he was not killed with a legally owned firearm. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that uh, the the Japanese mafia did not turn in their weapons when Appar- they were outlawed? Apparently not. Now, oddly enough, the very second to last uh, uh, paragraph of this article is just one sentence long, and it says, "Japan has very strict gun control laws, and firearms are mostly in the hands of yakuza gangsters or hunters." <laughs> I just I can't imagine why. Well, there you have it. What what a surprise. That's all I really had to Thanks say, Thanks for guys. the call, CJ. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Do you get the point? The point is, when guns are outlawed, only outlaws have guns. I know, it sounds cliche, but, but it's, it's really, true. really true. Um, I, I, I was reading some liberal uh, commentary today, um, some column, and uh, she was saying, look, I don't like guns, but I know that they're not going to go anywhere. Sure. You can't get rid of them. At least she understands. She, of course, wanted uh, the right-wing gun nuts to admit the guns were bad, though. They're not bad, though. Well, you know... (laughs) I've got two of them in my house, and they're just fine. They're just sitting up there. I can can say that um, if somebody has poor parenting skills or just some bad luck, their kid could get a hold of the gun and hurt them. Um, And you have a bad parent, not a bad gun. I agree. I I entirely agree. But she thinks that the gun's responsible for it somehow. And certainly if the gun wasn't there in that case, the kid might be alive, but... You know, you every person has to choose whether or not they want the gun in yeah. their house. At for many for a long time in my life, I chose not to have one. And um, isn't it a little disempowering? You know that oh well, it's all the gun's fault. It's not your fault. You're not you're not able to make choices for yourself or anything. It's it's the gun. The gun did it to you. <laughs> isn't that just a little bit disempowering? I don't know. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And since we're talking about the gun thing, uh, do you have that Manchester story? Because apparently somebody tried to, what was it, rob a bar in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire? Um, It says, uh, at least, right, from the uh, union leader. And in New Hampshire, by the way, people can open carry weapons, and the acquisition of a concealed carry permit is very simple. Right, it's basically a letter and $15 to the uh, the chief of police or the sheriff. I don't recommend it, but, you know, hey, it's just me. 
At least nine bullets were fired in a shootout Saturday morning at a down Saturday morning at a downtown bar. Wow. Um, oh no, this was when they say morning, they mean uh, late late at night. like one a.m. Okay, I was thinking that <laughs> because they really do in um, especially in Portsmouth, the fishermen go out all night and then they come in at six seven o'clock in the morning. Start drinking. They want a beer right before they go to bed. So um, anyway, I just think it's so strange that people drink that early in the morning. All right. Uh, Saturday morning ended with the gunman who allegedly instigated the shooting hospitalized after he was Uh-oh. shot twice by, by another customer. A customer. About 50, 50 people were inside the Uptown Tavern on Elm yeah. Street. You got 50 people in New Hampshire? Odds are good there's a gun <laughs> in the room. At 12.45 a.m. Or 5. Saturday when the shooting happened, sending customers diving to the floor for cover. Hmm. Police said... Um, Eliezer Encarnacion, uh, 26 of uh, wherever, uh, fired a t- 45 caliber semi-automatic handgun about half a dozen times at two bouncers and the assistant manager standing Jeez. in a rear doorway. Customer Kenneth Gage then pulled out his Keltec um, 38 semi-automatic handgun and fired three times, hitting Encarnacion uh, twice, according, awesome. in, according to court records. Wait, now, did, did, the, did the original gunman actually hit any of his targets? I, I, I didn't read all the way through the article, so I really couldn't tell you. Okay. <laughs> police did not release Gage's age or address. He told um, police he pulled out his gun and fired it after Encarnacion shot at the bouncers and at him. Mm. Encarnacion, I feel so silly saying this name over and over again like this. Um, and uh, Adrian, you can say it like a southerner. Incarnation. Incarnation. <laughs> um, Adrian Brown, 32 of uh, Dover Street, were drinking in the upstairs lounge when one of them inappropriately touched a woman, and they were asked to leave. Uh, David Summers, who co-owns the hmm. bar, told the New Hampshire Sunday News, according to court records, uh, bouncer Eric Turner and Brown became confrontational. Um, said Brown became confrontational when he was removing him from the bar, and the assistant manager, Jeremy Tinker, came to his aid, um, as did the uh, manager and another bouncer. As they were escorting the two Virgin Island natives out of the bar, Brown allegedly punched Chapman in the face several times. Chapman grabbed him by the neck and began walking him to the rear door. That's pretty... Uh, the, the guy's got a lot of self-control. He got punched in the face several times. That's the bouncer? Brain. Yeah. Um, so then he came back with a gun. Right. So anyway, these guys... You know, they they pulled out a gun, uh, started shooting at, uh, you know, causing he some trouble. Who knows, man? He might have gone into the club afterwards if this were a state where guns were banned. He might have just walked in after he'd taken out the doorman and just started shooting people. Well, he would have had to go back in. But, yeah, um, there's no doubt. That's what I mean. After he took out the doorman, go mm-hmm. back in the club and just start massacring people. In this case, an armed customer Saved solved them. the problem. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll free at 800-259-9231. That would be the packet 8.net toll free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com, the place to go. Archives there, an entire year's worth of the show, right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Just go and get them there uh, free at freetalklive.com. And April is Financial Literacy Month. Give the child in your life financial literacy. Be they son, daughter, or sibling. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. 
School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. So give your special child a kid's journey to getting rich. Order it at akidsjourney.com or call 800-657-5066. That's 1-800-657-5066 or akidsjourney.com. And it's appropriate that uh, I read the A Kid's Journey commercial because we're going to talk about rich Americans at this point. The Gallup organization has done a fairly revealing poll, which apparently was first done in 1939, where about half of Americans advocate heavy taxation of the rich in order to redistribute wealth, a higher percentage than was the case in 1939. More generally, a large majority of Americans support... You would have, think, you would have thought 39, you know, sort of like... New the, Deal? It's the Depression... Right. Um, you know, the Americans would have been all for that, the sort of the Red Scare thing going You'd around. You would have thought, huh? Yeah, I would have thought. Turns out Americans were a little more principled back then, and the decades and decades of government indoctrination at uh, their government indoctrination camps, also known as schools, have been very effective in getting Americans to really embrace the concept of forced wealth redistribution, as this particular poll will reveal. More generally, a large majority of Americans support the principle that wealth should be more evenly distributed in America. And in, Now, that's interesting, because the way they ask that question, you'll find out here in a little bit, wasn't quite the way that we might have liked it to be asked. And an increasing number, although still a minority, say there are too many rich people in the country. Attitudes toward heavy taxes on the rich are strongly related to one's own income, and Democrats are much more likely to be in favor of income redistribution than are Republicans. Uh, so, a poll commissioned by Fortune magazine in 1939 and conducted by Elmo Roper included a question phrased as follows, quote, People feel differently about how far a government should go. Here's a phrase which some people believe and some don't. Do you think our government should or should not redistribute wealth by heavy taxes on the rich? At that time, near the end of the Depression, only a minority of Americans, 35%, said the government should impose heavy taxes on the rich in order to redistribute wealth. Now, a uh, excuse me, a slight majority, 54%, said the government should not. Gallup asked this question again in 1998 and found the percentage willing to say that government should redistribute wealth had gone up by 10 points. And uh, so that, that means it went up from 35% to 45% of Americans. Now attitudes have shifted slightly again to the point where American sentiment in response to this question is roughly split, with 49% of them saying that the government should redistribute wealth by heavy taxes on the rich. You're smiling. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm stupefied by this whole thing. Can you imagine? I mean, people just want to, they're, they're so upset that they can't make money themselves, and everybody wants to be wealthy. If you asked ask people would they like to be rich or not, they would want that. Sure. But they're just so jealous, so darn jealous of somebody making money and doing well and providing a service for somebody else. And in most cases, that's how it, how it's done, or at least in, in quite a few cases. Um, that and at the very least, somebody's ancestor provide us, provided a, a service well to, mm-hmm. to people, and uh, they, they pass their money down. So, um, in this case, Americans are very, very, uh, they're embracing this concept of wealth redistribution, especially amongst rich people. And, of course, it's easy to instill this sort of mentality in, in American society. After all, a very small minority of the people in America are considered rich. And so it's very easy to, in this case, get the majority to vote 
to take those people's money away. Sure, that, it's easy to get a majority together. Whether I mean, if you're talking about the richest 10%, well, you can probably get uh, somebody out of the, uh, the 100% population, uh, you know, 51% to say, yes, I would like to ta- tax the richest 10%. And by the way, those really are the ones that get that, – that, carry most of the burden of, oh, yes. as, as far as paying for everything in America. Uh, it's, I think that mentions their burden here in this particular article. It's significant. But even if you, uh, if you ratchet it up to the, t- the richest 5% or the richest 1%, you know, at some point or another, people tend to get on board. I wouldn't, but most people would. Now, it does show here later on in uh, the poll that as the person's income level increases... They become less and less likely to advocate heavy taxation on the rich. Duh. It, you know, I mean, as 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 somebody gets better and better at uh, providing services for the, um, right. you know the American people, they are less and less likely. Yeah. In fact, thirty-five uh, percent of Americans who make over seventy-five thousand dollars a year say that uh, the government should redistribute wealth by heavy taxes on the rich. I don't know if they actually describe what. Heavy means, but you can imagine 80, 90 percent that right. I would consider heavy. I talked to, to a, you know, we went up to the uh, New Hampshire State House not too long ago. I talked to a representative who believed that uh, they should bring back the 93 percent tax bracket for uh, the very richest people. That he just just didn't feel like people should make more than five hundred thousand, you know, should make more than five hundred thousand dollars a year. Or blah blah blah. I don't know what is. I was just rambling on, and I'm like, do you think people are, you know, gonna work for seven cents on the dollar? And he's like, absolutely. Insanity. That's just it. I think a lot of these people just don't have any sort of grasp on economics and incentive and why people do what they do. Um, you you work so you can get rewarded com- commensurate to what services you're providing the world. You know, if you're not doing something that's explicitly valuable to other people, you w- you won't be rewarded for it. Okay, yeah, there's the occasional scam artist that wants to you know walk around and spray paint your driveway. Or whatever, but those guys get put out of business fairly quick because word spreads. You know, hey, don't buy stuff from these these you know gypsies or whatever they are. Right. Uh, but for the most part, if you're making a million dollars a year, there's something you're doing that people find very very valuable. Whether you're uh, a radio talk show host, which by the way there aren't very many of them that make that much money. Um, Rush Limbaugh would would count. I'm sure. Or whether you're Walmart making billions of dollars a year, you're doing that because. Well, there are a lot of people who are making individual choices to do business with you and and purchase your services. If all of a sudden all you can make is a maximum of $100,000 a year or a maximum of $75,000 a year, why on earth would you want to go through all the effort? Why bother? I I, I don't know. Maybe if I can work for if I can work for 20 they must hours have, a week. Some Americans did do it at the times when we had uh that kind of tax bracket. They did, but less I mean, less would be motivated to. If I could work for 20 hours a week and make $75,000, or I can work for 80 hours a week and make $75,000, <laughs> because I would have made $750,000 at 80 hours a week. I'm just pulling out numbers right. here. But the government's going to take m- the majority of it from me, the v- supermajority of it. Why on earth would I want to go on beyond 20 hours? Right. Why not at that point just... You know, the economy will stagnate as a result. D- d- and, and let's not forget that uh, th- the economy, to some extent, is based on the sale of luxury items. What's going to happen to the people that build yachts? What's going to happen to the people that build um, 
you know, airline uh, jetliners. And if you're you not know, rich, you can't afford those the, things. And what you're really doing is you're cutting out a certain segment of the um, of the rich population because the ultra 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 rich are going to figure out ways around this. Yeah. Whether it's through you know paying their corporations and having their corporations just sort of loan them the Learjet, mm-hmm. loan them the yacht, or whatever it is that they're going to do. I mean, just forget it. Get a clue, Americans. Uh, so I mentioned 35% of Americans who are considered rich, they are against, or excuse me, they're for re- um, heavy redistribution of wealth, heavy taxes on the rich. Mm-hmm. If you make between thir- uh, 50000 and 75000 46% say yes to heavy taxation. Uh, 30000 to 50000 58% of them say yes, we should heavily tax the rich. So 20, it just keeps going down as uh, people make more money? Right. Well, yes, the, in, the percentage increases of people who are willing to, uh, to heavily tax the rich. And people who make under $20,000, 64% of them say that the rich should be heavily taxed. Well, that's because um, they, they have at this point given up. They realize, I'm never going to make a lot of money, and I might as well steal it. Well, that's not what they're necessarily thinking. They're not thinking that, but that's what they're doing. Yeah. I don't know if they necessarily have given up. It's just that what they want is this sort of an American mentality of instant gratification. You know, people that are on diets, they want a pill they can pop that is, you know, just going to remove the weight. In this case, people making under $20,000 a year just want a government program that they can sign up for that will increase the amount of money that they're getting. And I'm sorry, it shouldn't work that way. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, including the wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. Get you to it. Over 1,200 pages created by listeners just like you. It's totally free. wiki.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to tour New Hampshire on special Free State Project bus tours or on your own. And here to discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Some disturbing numbers here from the Gallup organization, a poll that was first done in 1939 that assessed Americans' attitudes toward heavily taxing the rich. An easy group to target because there just aren't very many of them. Now, um, now you say the numbers have been going uh, More and more Americans are willing to use the government to heavily tax the rich. Now, and tell me what the numbers were like in 1939 when they first did it. Uh, 1939, there were 35 percent of Americans said that the government should impose heavy taxes on the rich in order to redistribute wealth. This year, or 2006, they uh, that number went up to 49 percent. So 49 percent willing to use the government to heavily tax the rich. When you break it down by income category, uh, Americans under $20,000 say 64% of them say, yeah, tax them. Give it to us. Give it to us. We deserve it because we breathe. (laughs) Right. We we were born. Right. So uh, it's pretty disturbing. There's a few more more details here. People feel differently about how far a government should go. Oh, that's the first question. As I read off some different groups, please tell me if you think they're paying their fair share in federal taxes, paying too much or paying too little. And uh, let's see. Upper income people 
21% say they're paying their fair share. 66% of Americans say they're paying too little. Uh, that's, uh, let's see, upper income people, and then I guess that's all they, I guess they didn't show the other uh, the other income brackets because this is all about the rich. That's gone, percentage, that percentage has gone down from 1992. It was 77% that said they were paying too little. So there's a little bit of information there. Do you feel that the distribution of money and wealth in this country today is fair? Or do you feel that the money and wealth in this country should be more evenly distributed among a larger percentage of the people? 29% say the distribution is fair. 66% say it should be more evenly distributed. Now, the the interesting part about this question is it doesn't mention the government. Right. It just says that somehow it's going to be magically distributed, as though Jesus is going to do it. Well, now, to the, if you just look at this question on its own, without the governmental concept of surrounding it, then, you know, I can understand where people are coming from. Okay, yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want everyone else to have a little bit more money, right? I mean, it's, I mean, people want to close the gap between rich and poor. And so that, I think, is what you're seeing reflected in that particular question, that people feel that it's unfair that rich people have money. In that particular question, they're not necessarily agitating for government redistribution of wealth, even though similar numbers are saying, yes, government should redistribute the wealth. As far as you're concerned, do we have too many rich people in this country, too few, or about the right amount? In 2007, 37% said too many, compared to 1990, where 21% said too many rich people. Here we have evidence of a growing resentment toward the rich. The percentage of Americans who say there are too many rich people in Americans is up significantly from in the 1990s. In summary, the data shows that a significant majority of Americans feel that money and wealth should be distributed more equally across a larger percentage of the population. A significant Now, you know, even if the, the majority of Americans were to get their way and the government were to, next week, all of a sudden confiscate significant amounts of uh, the rich people's money mm-hmm. and then start doling it out to poor people in, in the, you know, the su- supposed search for equality as far as uh, people's amounts of money that they have. And let's say every American tomorrow had $100,000 in their bank account. Just made it that easy. Right. What would happen? Well, um, the, the, the people that were rich, a good percentage of them, would be rich again within a short period of time. And the people who were poor would, a good percentage of them, be poor right. in that same amount of time. How many of the people, I mean, how many people in America would take that as a windfall lotto winnings? Yay, and they'd be, let's go, oh, right, get me some cocaine! Or uh, strippers and a uh, big screen television and uh, two big screen televisions and and, uh, and a fast car. Yep, I suspect that that's exactly and what would cigarettes. happen. Cigarettes, lots of cigarettes. You know, I mean, I, I don't know, I don't care how rich people got to be, or however rich they are. Um, but there's a good friend of mine who uh, is, you know, she's got uh, over a million dollars in the bank. Nice, and um, she's. She's actually a friend of the family, not really a friend of mine that I hang mm-hmm. out with or anything. And um, she would, uh, she continues to work at, in really, I mean, she got she retired from a regular job and went to work at a uh, grocery store as a cashier mm-hmm. because she doesn't feel comfortable not having income, even though she has a million dollars in the bank. Sure, she's it, she's just a saver and she's not comfortable not working. So 
She's going to for all she begin, knows, the government could come by and seize her bank account. She, <laughs> she's just going to um, can begin saving once you just redistribute all the money. She's going to just begin saving, and and at some point or another, she's going to have money again because she doesn't spend. She spends less than she she saves. Right. So there's a reason why rich people are rich and poor people are poor. It's it has to do with their spending habits. And so if all of a sudden the money was to be redistributed, you're absolutely right, Mark. Within a matter of days, if not weeks. We'd already we'd start to see that split happening again. Absolutely, because you know somebody's got to be in charge. If you put a hundred thousand dollars back in the bank, the rich people are still in charge of the companies, right? So, so presumably, otherwise yes. there's no companies, right? Or the companies just disappear. Then the entire economy will right, collapse. So um, then you know the rich people are still going to make the money because the poor people are going to go out and, like you said, buy flat screen TVs. They're going to buy uh, Escalades. They're going to buy. Um, you know, God knows what, but they're going to have one hell of a time for a few weeks. Then the problem comes in, and this is totally theoretical. This wouldn't sure actually is. happen. But the, the problem comes in then as the, they start separating again, rich from poor, start separating out on their own. They, they're doing it themselves. As it starts separating out, then, of course, the poor people are going to start calling, hey, hey, they're getting more money than we are again. We need more redistribution. That's why we, have, that's why we do it every year. <laughs> so with the IRS. So then it comes back around, and then everybody gets redistributed back to hundred thousand right. dollars. At that point, then the rich people start thinking, "This yeah, sucks. Look, this blows. I'm out of here. Why am I going to benefit the right. economy?" I mean, if they hadn't figured that out already, they, right. they, they're, they're going to take they're... their factories, they're going to take their products, their services, and they're going to go find a country that's a little bit more friendly towards them. Or they're going to figure out ways around the laws, whether they're using offshore um, bank accounts or whether they're hiding their money in some other fashion. I don't know what all the tricks are, but I know that there's a lot of high-paid tax attorneys out there that make a lot of money by uh, allowing rich people not to pay so much in income tax. And it really, this this so reflects this sort of anti-rich mentality that the government school system has done such a, uh, an effective job of implementing in the, the minds of the American people. Look, rich people are good for you. Believe it or not. Okay, yeah, they may live in big fancy houses and drive really flashy cars and everything, but somebody built those fancy houses. Probably some construction workers that make... Not rich people money. No, but they don't make terrible money either in That's most true. cases. Some, you know, certainly the skilled ones. They'd do better, of course, if they didn't drink their profits and snort their profits. Well, they'd do better if the uh, government wasn't taking some of their money, too. The That's, government's gotten so big, correct. it can't just tax rich people. It has to tax middle class and poor people, too. And the fact is, the rich people, uh, take the, the ones that are uh, the investor types, will take their money and invest it into various different organizations. Startup companies, stocks you know, all different types of investments, and that money goes into other people's pockets for a temporary period of time to, to allow them to utilize it and try to build wealth for themselves. These are some of the things that rich people allow, having rich people around is good for. Some rich people might be a little bit more, you know, safe with their money. They just might want to put it in a bank account, but that's okay, too, because that money sitting in the bank account gets loaned out to people who, again, want to use it to start up their own businesses, who want to use it to try to get rich themselves. This is what they call trickle-down economics. A significant majority of Americans feel the rich pay too little in taxes. About half of Americans support the idea of heavy taxes on the rich to help redistribute wealth. And about four out of ten Americans flat out say there are too many rich people in the country. That's just sick. Why? Why too many rich people? We should have more rich people. And we can have more rich people. If we get back to the free market in America where people are free to make 
whatever amounts of money that they that they can make. Four and out keep of ten it. Americans say there's too many rich people in the country. And keep it for themselves and invest it and spend it and save it in the ways that they think are best, then they'll be able to come become rich. Everyone will become fabulously wealthy as a result. I mean, already we are probably the most wealthy of all the societies on the face of the earth. Probably ever. And that has a lot to do with the fact that, for a little while at least in this country, people were allowed to keep the money they earned. More on the way. Hour two's coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are completely free. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones and to the fun. Francisco in New Jersey, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Francisco. Hey, guys. What's up? What's on your mind? Uh, well, actually, I got to school today, and, uh, you know, one of my semi-libertarian teachers, we had a discussion in class about our uh, about the Virginia Tech shootings. So uh, later in the day, I approached him, and I asked him to listen to the first half hour of yesterday's show that you did. Okay. So then uh, after that, during lunch, I uh, went to ask him a question about a project we were supposed to do in the teacher's room, and it turned out that they were talking about the Virginia Tech shootings. Okay. So he asked me to sit down for a second, and we started discussing. And I found out that most of my teachers actually agree that people should be allowed, like teachers should be allowed to bring guns and carry guns. Wow. Wow. I'm kind of shocked at that. So I mean, was I. I at mean, a government school in well, New the Jersey. Teacher, the teachers yeah. trust themselves. Um, I don't think they trust the students. Right. Yeah. Well, no, of course not. But. And I can kind of see, uh, you know, I... For some reason, I have a difficult time imagining the high school where kids can carry guns into school. But I think it's because um, I imagine a government-run high school because that's where I went. I went to a regular. Go ahead. I was uh, just discussing that with a a friend of mine who uh, goes to a very violent high school here in Atlantic City. It's a public school and it's huge, and there's always knife fights and everything. But they have it's so like secure. You have to go through metal detectors and you have to have clear book bags. And, uh, you know, when I brought up, you know, like being allowed to carry guns in school property, that's the first thing you said. But what in Atlantic City? I mean, there'd be a shooting every day. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I, I don't know that there would. And it, it seems like, you know, young people, people that young shouldn't have the guns for the you know poor decision making skills that they could have. I don't know. But, um, you know, the, the schools are so large. Government high schools are so large. I don't mm-hmm. think that in a private, um, you know, a, a, a free market setting, schools would be nearly as large. I just can't imagine you jamming people more specialized, in. that it, sort of thing? That's what it seems like to me, at which point, eh, you know, what would, what would the big deal be at that point? Well, at that point, then, the administrators would make that decision. Uh, the people in charge of the school would make the decision, okay, well, we're going to allow young people to, to actually bring their guns in their vehicles or maybe even on campus with them. And then the parents would say, whoa, I don't agree with that at all. I'm pulling my kid out of here and sending him to the school down the street where only the teachers are allowed to have firearms. And the market would easily decide as to whether right. or not that was a good policy. That's what I was thinking. And, you know, it, it really shocked me that my teachers were like, yeah. And one of my te- the Spanish teacher there is actually from Puerto Rico. And she was discussing how they say, like, she believes they have more freedom there than here. Really? 
Yeah, that's what she was saying. I mean, hmm. she's like, here, are people, like, get in trouble for what they say or what they do, you know, and, and Puerto Rico, we can think whatever we want, you know? Hmm. That's what she was saying. Francisco, also, another yes, thing that I want ahead. to tell you mm-hmm. is uh, on the podcast yesterday, which I asked my teacher to listen to, he heard about Portfest. Ah, yes. And uh, he asked me if I was going, and I said, I, I plan to, and uh, he actually um, said that it would be a good idea to take a film crew up there because I go to a TV film school. Mm-hmm. And make somewhat of like a promo going up there and asking people like loaded questions about gun control and basically a lot of issues, you know? I think that'd be uh, that'd be a great idea. Yeah, actually, and my TV film teacher approved of the idea. And hmm. actually, the, we're going to go talk to the principal about it. Super. I know that uh, I'm sure there are a number of free stater types that would be very interested in uh, in taking part in that. Right. That's what I was... So. Good luck with that, Francisco, and thank you for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Joe in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Joe. Hello. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind? How are you guys doing today? Good. What's on your mind? Um, well, I'm going to talk about uh, the world crises in today's world. What okay. crisis are we talking about? Uh, well, the last fellow, uh, I think it was San Francisco, uh, he was talking about gun control and, and firearms. Was it? Uh-huh. About bringing firearms into school. That's correct. Yeah, well, recently there was a uh, you know a lot of like things like school stabbings going on, shootings going on. Beavis. Oh, hey, take it easy. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Exciting. Let the record reflect that uh, that I actually sent a message to the board operator identifying this as one of the crank callers. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> we, we can even recognize I heard you, your voice. I heard you uh, ticking away. Yeah. All right. That was lousy. 800-259-9231. All right, so we uh, oh, we still have Sean in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Sean. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's on your mind, Sean? Hey, how's it going? I um, just wanted to make a comment about uh, those economically enlightened people we call the socialists. Yes. Uh, about uh, them, their, their thoughts on the rich. Um, I just wanted to make the comment that... Uh, in my opinion, I see capitalism, at least in the pure sense, like the like the market an- uh, anarchists think, mm-hmm. um, is that in capitalism, wealth does get redistributed. It just gets redistributed in a fair way. Yeah, that's correct. It's just for, and I think uh, Walmart is a really good example of that because uh, besides them supporting universal health care and stuff, um, but they do provide you know thousands and thousands of jobs to poor families and also even health benefits to them. And it's all because of their uh, want for profit and their pursuit, you know. It's true. Uh, and as a result of them making such a immense profit, they can do lots of interesting things with that, like um, – buy health coverage for their employees, like invest in new research uh, on how to have, as they, as they call them, greener stores and um, get, getting better gas mileage on their trucks, which, you know, contributes to supposedly a better environment and all that. There's just so much that they can do in their pursuit of that profit. And not to mention it's um, how much more efficient it is than the government. The government requires 70% of the taxes they take from you just to run itself so mm-hmm. that it can distribute the other 30%. I mean, how inefficient is that? I mean, businesses have certain levels of inefficiency, too, but nothing on that scale. Certainly I mean, that, not. that's the kind of scale that only a government that collects ex- its taxes with guns by the force of a gun um, could possibly manage to maintain. 
Well, a, a business is more efficient uh, simply because they have to meet the needs of the of the consumers. I mean, they actually have a real incentive to do anything. And right. by making greener stores, they can advertise on the front of Walmart that says, we are green friendly, we supply all these different products that are good for the environment, you should come here, and this is, and you know, that's a great selling point, and it's great that we can do that, and we'd benefit from the, from the environmental uh, part, and uh, they benefit from profit. Imagine how all of it would change if uh, the Walton brothers and sisters could only make $100,000 a year. Imagine how things would have completely yeah. changed. Sam himself, um, Sam yeah. Walton uh, from Walmart, had been you know limited at making a hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. Then he'd have to be opening new stores based on pure altruism. You know, he'd open one store and easily make his hundred thousand dollars a year, and uh, then the rest of the the country wouldn't have necessarily gotten to experience Walmart because why would why bother opening another store? You're not going to actually make any extra money off of it. All that money's going to the government. So it would completely de- destroy incentives. Sean, any other thoughts? Um, yeah, I was going to say that I think there is a general notion about libertarians um, is that we don't care about the poor because we don't think the government should help the poor. We think we should help the poor. Right. Um, and uh, mm. I mean, the thing is, is that the reason the thing is, is I always make the argument that libertarians care the most about the poor because we want the maximum amount of opportunities out there. We want we don't we we don't want the minimum wage because we want those jobs that could have been created to be created. Even if they are low paying, it's better than absolutely no pay. That's correct. That some of them may not, may get. And we want those opportunities to be out there in the marketplace where poor people can go out and create their own businesses without having to jump through a bunch of governmental hoops and get a bunch of licenses and permits and fire inspections and you know on and on, all these different bribes that you have to pay to open up your own business, where poor people to be able to actually just go out and start a business, maybe out of their house or whatever, then that would allow them to start building wealth, to start climbing up the ladder of, uh, of affluence, if you will. And government regulations just completely cut them out from that. And, of course, ending the war on drugs would also go a long way towards helping poor people because poor people, even though plenty of rich people do drugs, only poor people are targeted (laughs) for doing drugs. Only the poor people are the ones um, spending time in prison for doing drugs. And so not having them in prison would allow them to make their lives better and put more money in the bank and that sort of thing. Thanks for the call, Sean. We appreciate it. So getting the government out of people's lives will go a long, long way towards helping poor people become less poor and more wealthy. 800-259-9231. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll free. 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online. Freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. We'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. And you'll know first if you're on the updates list. That's updates.freetalklive.com. To get on it, updates.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to attend leadership and activist training seminars, socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty, and discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. As we continue with the phone calls, it's Gene in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Gene. Okay, guys. We're talking about guns. Okay. Yes. this. You ready? Yeah, go ahead. Here it comes. 
You show off. <laughs> what are you shooting? Okay. It's just a little 22 Jennings. Really? Oh, it sounds little, good over the phone. It does. <laughs> a little pop, a little pop shooter. It's it's not very powerful, but where are um, you in your backyard? Yeah, in my driveway. You nice. Just, you must live out in the country that you can go in your driveway and just shoot off a gun. Pretty much in the country. Anyway, um, we're talking about one of my favorite subjects here, guns. And I mentioned this in the past. You guys were talking earlier about kids taking guns to school. Mm-hmm. Now, I guess I'm pretty quite an old fart because I used to take guns to school. Right. Into, into and, uh, school or just um, you'd put it in your gun rack and drive, it, drive your truck? No, into school. We had, really? Wow. This was, I was in eighth grade, and I wasn't living in the country. I was living in St. Paul, Minnesota, the capital of Minnesota. Hmm. And once a week, we had rifle club. In eighth grade, I was bringing a, a long firearm. Every every uh, Thursday, I think it was. It was either Wednesday or Thursday. So was the rifle club after school, and you'd carry it throughout the day at, at school? No, we would carry it into school in the morning. And uh, I, I really can't remember what we did with it. I can't Check remember. Check it into a locker or something? I, I don't remember. I think we brought it to the uh, the firing range, which was actually in the basement of the school. So mm-hmm. I think we we brought our guns in there and checked them in. But I was riding a city bus in the morning to school with a long firearm wrapped in a case obvious quite obvious what it was nobody yeah. gave me a second glance nobody looked at me nobody ran and hid because they were afraid <laughs> i was a wild kid with a gun i was going to shoot them right and other than that class in eighth grade i've never had a fire safety course a firearm safety course and i'm a 55 years old and guess what i've never killed anybody yet so this whole idea that kids can't be trusted with guns is ridiculous. Yeah. If they're if they're raised around guns and if they're taught how to take care of guns and how not to misuse weapons, right? There's no reason that a kid can't have a gun because there are all kinds of other dangerous weapons that kids have. They have motorcycles. They have you know mini bikes. They have go karts. Their parents all let them borrow things. the cars. Yeah, and then you know when I was 15, I got my first car, and so it's not, it has nothing to do with the weapons or where you're taking them. It has to do with just training the majority of the people on how to take care of their weapons and weapon safety. And the majority of the people are going to keep the minority in line. That's all there is to it. It's, wow. just, natu- it's, it's just normal social hierarchy. If somebody was goofing around with a gun when I was even in eighth grade, if I was armed, I would have shot back. I mean, I know, how, you know, you knew how to do that. You knew the proper time to point a weapon at somebody. I never, to this day in my life, I've never pointed a weapon at anybody. Now, you said that you'd only had one gun safety class, and that was actually at your school. Did, uh, it was in eighth grade, yeah. Did your father not uh, give you, uh, I guess, gun safety tips prior to that? Was this your very first experience with, uh, with weapons? Oh, well, I, I, I grew up in a uh, uh, single-parent home. Mm-hmm. Um, so from age five and up, I lived with my mother and my older brothers. I see. And my older brothers, of course, taught me firearm safety. When I was ten, my my middle brother gave me his twenty-two rifle, which was a little bolt-action one. So that was my first gun when I was ten years old. Wow. And that was typical back then. A ten-year-old boy usually had his first gun. And you got to keep it. Yet. Like, was it in your room, your gun? You didn't yeah. have to go and ask your mom every time you wanted to, to shoot? No, it was in my closet. Wow my closet in my bedroom <laughs> and most every other kid i knew he had one in his closet and the or world he didn't have didn't one in his end. closet he, 
as if he didn't have one in his closet, he had his, you know, his dad's was hanging on the wall in the living room or whatever. Amazing. Right, I get to shoot my dad's twenty two, but I was—I think I was uh, twelve before he let me even do that with him around, and I don't think I was ever allowed to shoot it without him around. No way, I wouldn't have been. Well, it's all about, like I say, training kids that these are dangerous things. They're not toys. You can't play around with them and point them at each at each other like they're squirt guns. You know, oh, you've no, got no. to, you know, you have to treat them like the dangerous weapon that they are and use them in the proper manner. They're just a tool. Wow. I, you anyway, know, I, I thought that was such a great call, Gene. I really don't even have anything to say to you on it. Um, thank you for that. I just wanted to share it because people didn't realize this wasn't that long ago. We're talking about the mid-60s. Right. And I was carrying a rifle once a week to school on a city bus in the capital city of Minnesota, and so were all the other kids in my rifle safety class. You know, if kids, if young people were that responsible back then, there's no reason why they couldn't be as responsible today. And I think the government education system, once again, has a lot to do with this in that it encourages kids to be irresponsible. It encourages them to, to be stupid. You know, cool, stupid is cool at government schools these days. And uh, it, it's just all of the things that that were around decades ago as far as helping kids be responsible and be, be uh, as adult as they possibly can as early as they can, uh, I, th- I think that, that a lot of that has gone away. And now and we're I, babying kids until they're 24. Um, and I wouldn't say that there has never been a school shooting prior to 1970, but I would bet you if you do any research on the matter and find any school shootings prior to 1970, you'll find out that whoever did the shooting probably only shot a few people before they were shot by somebody else. That's, it, just, that's just the way it was. Gene, in the 60s, when could kids get jobs? I had jobs, uh, you know, like taking care of the neighbor's yards and stuff when I was probably 12. I had my first real job at 13, which was a, uh, I was a janitor at a retarded children's school, just cleaning up after, now, you know, at the end of the day. Now, what made a, a real job a real job at that point? I understand it's working for a company. but a paycheck. Um, and getting a paycheck, yeah. but now was there any kind of government paperwork that needed to be filled out, or was it just that a company oh, no. wouldn't hire you unless they felt you were competent at whatever age it was? Yeah, it was just, uh, I mean, you were only working for 75 cents an hour or right. whatever. Nobody really cared about credentials. And I didn't have a Social Security number until I was, I think, 16 or something like huh. that. Amazing. Gee, so you worked and, for three oh, years, um, you know, got a paycheck and before you even had a Social Security number. Yeah, and my son, who's now 12, well, he's 13 next Monday. He doesn't have a Social Security number. Right on, Gene. Thank you for the call. We appreciate the expertise as always. Hey, it was like that once. Why is it that, you know, why is it we couldn't go back to that? Well, one of the reasons why it'd be difficult is because, again, government has sort of dumbed down the population to an extent. They've made people think that, well, oh, we can't have kids having responsibility at a young age. Whoa, we can't give them jobs. We can't give them guns. They're kids. They can't handle They're kids all the way up to they're 18. And then once they turn 18, they go to college, many of them do. And then they're still treated like kids mm-hmm. all the way up to they're 22, 23, 24. And then they finally make it out into the real world. Yeah, but at that point, the government coddles and takes care of you so much in, this, in, in, in the modern day uh, culture that it's, it's essentially apparent to the day you die. Yeah. It's trying to. 800-259-9231. And another problem is how many Americans are actually on the dole from the government. We've got the numbers, and they are disturbing. Your calls about anything, this is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. 
For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, including live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version. Two sizes should fit virtually any Internet connection, and it's completely free. freetalklive.com. Do you enjoy building things? Woodcraftplans.com has hundreds of blueprints for things like lawn chairs, rocking horses, yard shadows, fine furniture, and more. Step-by-step instructions and full-size patterns guide all skill levels. Woodcraftplans.com supports FTL. Please support Woodcraftplans.com. That's Woodcraftplans.com. To the phones, to the fun, it's Lynn in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Lynn. Hey. Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, I just got a couple comments on yesterday. I don't agree with you guys on everything. Sure. In fact, there's only one thing I don't agree, agree with you on, and that is illegal aliens, but we'll leave that one alone. Fair enough. <laughs> it's easy to disagree with us on that. Most people do. Okay. Um, now, yesterday there was significant planning. I tried to get in with you yesterday. There was significant planning on this individual's part that he could have done quite a bit more damage with gasoline than he could have done with a firearm. Now, this is the, the shooter at Virginia Tech you're referring to. Correct. Okay. The, in fact, that uh, the, the chain that the doors from the inside. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, uh, you know, a squirt bottle or a weed can with gasoline to make an impromptu flamethrower out of it. He could have done a lot more damage to school, which means mm. the flip side is, you know, go ahead, try to ban guns. Somebody who's desperate like that, you can't stop. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, a super soaker loaded full of, uh, like, napalm or something. You could have. He could have even rigged up something even more deadly than that. Yeah. But um, I mean, if you, Bombs. if you if you could carry several gallons worth of gasoline right. with you and then, um, you know, siphon it off, it, it wouldn't be too difficult. And lock the doors where people can't get out and turn off the fire system. Hey, you, you know, you don't even want to go. Yeah. Right. You don't. You don't even want to give anybody ideas at this point. We'll right. just stop right there. Sure, especially if you're a, a maniac who's willing to take yourself out afterwards, as many of these guys end up doing. You've got nothing left to live for in your mind. Uh, I mean, the, the the goal at that point is to take out as many people as you possibly can. So you're saying that the fact that he had hand, his hands on weapons made him a little bit less creative. Correct. He he may have been actually more out of his right mind, but he did have a, enough planning. You know. In the right mind, and had enough of his mind functional to you know, make sure he didn't get, you know, took out as many people as he could. And we'll just leave it alone at that. But we'll go to the flip side of an earlier discussion on taxes. Yes, sir. Oh, you hit one of my bone of contentions. Considering they only ban drugs, not due to the fact that it's criminally illegal, it's, you don't have a tax tag with it. Otherwise, they'd have to have a constitutional amendment for every drug ban, similar to what they did in the alcohol back in the 20s. Okay. You, you are aware of that, right? Um, I, I know that the, there was some sort of Marijuana Tax Stamp Act, and I'm sure that's what you're referring to. I don't know if I've got all the details on it. That's exactly what it is. Actually, uh, the, the Supreme Court in 1932 or something overturned a lot of uh, marijuana cases because even though they said there was a tax stamp there, in fa- the fact that the federal government never printed it and didn't make it available meant that uh, the government was uh, denying possession or denying the option out of fact. So uh, according to the Discovery Channel's interesting show they had on it, 
about a week ago. They just basically print the stamps, about a thousand stamps, and lock them in a safe. So the rule, the, the so the government. Decision. So wait a minute. So the government actually is printing marijuana tax stamps, but you just Correct. can't buy them. Correct. Hmm. And so anybody who's dealing in marijuana without the tax stamps is violating the tax stamp act. They're and, violating tax law, not criminal law. Hmm. If you want to get technical about it, that's your crime in criminal in criminal court. Yeah. Oh well, the, the court thing is a whole different story. Right? Is it a criminal court or is it not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it could be. A, what was it? An al- admiralty court or whatever? Uh, let's put it this way: There, um, I think it's so twisted that only the people actually running the court have a clue, and not and a few of those I'm not sure do either. Hmm. Uh, but uh, a system by thing. lawyers for lawyers. Uh, it's it's hard for us to wrap our minds around it. That's for sure. Uh, well, let me finish up with the thing I want to really get to. Sure. Is really, it's a control thing because they want to control the way you either spend your leisure time, be it guns, alcohol, or drugs, mm-hmm. because you throw down marijuana seeds, grow it anywhere. You can make wine in your bathtub, and with a computer and a CNC lab, you can make any gun you can reasonably carry in. A couple of days. What is a CNC lab? Computer. Oh, you guys don't know about this? Apparently I don't. Uh, CNC. Computer-driven mill and lathe. You okay. can actually buy them on eBay, et cetera, et cetera. If you're yeah, I think I've seen them in uh, Popular Mechanics or something. Yeah, but you can actually get them for a lot cheaper than you think, and if you get some high-grade steel, you can make anything you want to. And basically, we're back to tax law on that. All the gun manufacturers are basically have to buy tax licenses to be able to manufacture. Mm-hmm. But technically, if you were willing to drop down $5,000, you could make any firearm you want, two or three of any firearm you wanted to, with no problem. Very interesting. And, and you'd be in your own industry all by yourself. And if you think about it, that just means just how much is the government restricting industry in this country by uh, basically forcing the per- people who make wine in Tennessee to drop $5,000 or te- or Texas five to $10,000 just to get a tax license. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Produce the beverage. Same thing for the ma- uh, gun manufacturers. And yeah, then keeps... having to get hilarious insurance charges, which they mandate also. Yep. Be able to stay in business in any business. Absolutely. It, it keeps the little guys out. It keeps uh, competitors from jumping into the game and and, uh, and competing in those particular trades. It's, it's total protectionism. Well, I, I, I go one step further, which you have not addressed. Fear. What do you mean? They set you up. They set up a high degree of failure because you can't afford to pay the fringe cost if you're borderline. If you just said, okay, my electricity is half the price. Not every company in North America could probably stay in business, especially in manufacturing. Or if I didn't have to pay, you know, half the insurance I paid now, or if I didn't have to get the license at all for a particular whatever you're manufacturing, mm-hmm. um, I would dare say you could probably make a pretty good living yeah. in, out of your garage. Sure. And it, so it's, you're saying it increases the overhead and uh, it makes it uh, makes business scarier for the for the business people. It, it you know it makes it makes the system scarier for people who try to get in any business. In other words, once they set steps in it and see, I have to pay the state this much, I have to pay this, I have to 
pay my employees. You basically have the funds up front for my employees Mm -hmm. for their W-2. I have to pay the W-2, the Social Security, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, The government's basically keeping the little guy uh, trying to work for somebody else. Right. This is why poor people stay poor, because when they look into getting their own business, starting their own business, whether it be manufacturing guns or starting your own radio station, you find out how restrictive it is and how many um, bribes, I call them bribes, that you have to pay in order to actually do business. And that's very uh, that's very disheartening. I know for me it was... Well, even if we're just talking a bagel shop, as I can attest to, even if you're just something that opens to open till 5 p.m. daily, coffee, mm-hmm. bagels, and pastries, um, I would dare say the overhead in a shop front that's not mine that I have to pay a percent of what I'm making right. to the to them. My electricity is ugly. My, I'd say two two to two quarters of the year, I'm negative due to the fact that Social Security. And all the other taxes and and uh, the permits—it's really oppre- it's really permits. oppressive, isn't it, Lynn? Kill me. It yeah, really it's, impo- it's impossible. And, and honestly, we'll go honestly. If you said that I could put any bagel out there on a plate, plate included, and get the customer in there for fifteen cents, and I pay another fifteen to twenty cents minimum to the government, and another fifteen cents of overhead, I can't do anything for less than a dollar. Thank you for the call, Lynn. We appreciate it. It's, I mean, that's just one example, several examples of how difficult it is for people to do business. Just and, to sell and how much stuff. the government inflates prices. Yeah, exactly. Imagine how much cheaper guns and uh, beer and things and like that would be, and bagels, without all this government intervention. And you get to keep all the money that you earn. Oh, my gosh, you'd be so wealthy. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You bring up what you want, toll free. At 800-259-9231, that is the packet, 8.net, toll free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by shopping in our store and buying some Free Talk Live stuff at store.freetalklive.com. The pre-order phase is in effect for our brand new products, which include... The uh, very highly demanded Free Talk Live ladies t-shirt, cut, of course, uh, for the ladies. The Free Marketeer cotton t-shirt, which has been in demand. Two different styles of hoodies. We've got the fully zippered hoodie and then the heavy pullover style hoodie. Also, the brand new Free Talk Live beanie cap is available. The Free Talk Live retractable lighter and bottle opener. And the most popular item we've ever sold, the Free Talk Live 2 gigabyte multi-gadget. It's limited edition, it's Free Talk Live branded, it's 2 gigabytes, MP3 player, FM tuner. Uh, I would have thrown in an AM tuner, they just don't have them. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Uh, so, uh, Free Talk Live, it's 2 gigabytes, MP3, FM tuner, r- digital voice recorder, so you got to keep it with you in your car or whatever and record the cops when they come up to your window. You could do that with this. You could just record anything you wanted record to. Record anything you wanted to. In fact, it'll hold up to 576 hours of voice recordings. Um, and uh, let's see, what am I leaving out? I'm leaving something else out here. Oh, ebook function, which is something I don't know why you'd want to read an ebook on this thing, but it can do that. It, it's got a, like a little LED sort of display. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but nonetheless, um, so you've got FM tuner, MP3, you've got the voice recorder. I, I feel like I'm leaving something out here. And uh, oh, yeah, it's just a flash drive. 
So you can put anything on it. So files, you can just put your computer files on it too. So pretty sweet. And it's less than 60 bucks. You can get it now at store.freetalklive.com. I think we're only going to sell 50 of these, and we're up into the 30s now. So Are we going to sign each one of them and, and uh, number them? No. Okay. But you let it be known, this is limited edition. It is. Um, so store.freetalklive.com to the phones to Jeff in Missouri. You're on Free Talk Live with Ina Mark. Hey, Jeff. Hello. Is this me? It is. What's on your mind? Oh, I'm, I'm used to hearing that little swish thing on the radio. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Uh, my comment is the Virginia Tech Massacre. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm For anyone to turn this into a political issue just 24 hours after this event, tragic event, is sick. Well, can you give me an example of that? What do you mean by well, that? The gun control debate over this. People saying, the people on the left saying, oh, we need more gun control laws, or people on the right saying, no, the gun control the gun control laws were responsible for what this. Do you, what do you think should be done within the next, I mean, within the first 24 hours? Should people just not talk about it? Well... There's a difference between talking about it and making it political, like blaming people, this and that. Well, the people involved in this need time to heal. I would agree they with need- that entirely, but um, a, a lot of people, and I would I would say the left in this particular circumstance that you're referring to, I'm not exactly sure um, if if that encompasses them properly, but you know the we'll call them the left. You know they they just want to solve the problem. They feel terrible. They're hurt. They're stunned, like everybody is. Um, like like you are, and they think that they can solve the problem by saying, we need to get rid of the guns. And then it only makes sense that uh, you know people that believe in the Second Amendment would come back and say, whoa, whoa, no, 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 that's not what this issue is about. Yeah. You know, and guns then, don't kill people. I don't think Bullets it's, kill people. I don't think it's a problem with insensitivity or anything like that. It's just that people want to talk about these issues when they come up, and they're important. I mean, we took call after call after call last night on this, this whole gun issue and, and gun freedom. And, you know, the fact is, whether you like it or not, people are interested in this issue, and they're interested in discussing both sides of it or right. all the, the different sides of it. And if it offends you, uh, are you worried that it's just going to offend people? Is that what your concern is? No, still, these, these people are having, the people that lost their family members, kids, and all that are having cameras in their faces and all this stuff, and they're not, I mean, probably half the people, half the families don't even know their kids daughters or sons have been killed yet. Oh, I'm sure they they know at this point. Well, yeah, probably by now, but I'm just... Yeah, I can see uh, what you're saying. I mean, it it can be really ugly the way the media is in this country. I I don't know if we need more laws or not, but on the the side of this issue, though, wouldn't it make sense the people that that don't abide by these laws won't matter what new laws are passed? Exactly right, and that's that's what our point has been, that you can pass all the gun control legislation you want. It's not going to do anything to stop madmen who want to take people out. I mean, yeah, I'm not th- taking a side on this. I'm just ma- trying to make an observation here. A- and I think your observation is absolutely correct. If someone wants to kill people, they're going to figure out a way to do it, whether it's getting their hands on illegal firearms or whether it's building bombs. They'll figure out a way to do it, and there's no because, way to actually stop Like it. this person could have cut the gas line in the b- building and just let it build up, and then when... Sure, if there's a gas line, there might have yeah. been... I think it was a sci- wasn't it a science lab or something like that. Yeah, took him out. So yes, it was very well, a uh, very real possibility, and that would have been a much more creative way to go about it. And as our last one of our last callers pointed out, you take uh, away guns, and then people, you know, they're going to have to get creative if they can't use their underground contacts to actually get their hands on some of the weapons, which of course will still be possible because the gangsters will still have weapons. And you know, the fact is, it is a political issue. The reason why uh, this is an issue that's all about freedom, and the reason one of the reasons why the 
that these terrible killings are happening is because people just aren't free to carry weapons and defend themselves. Yeah, that's true, too, and thank you for taking my call. Thank you for making it. We appreciate it. At 800-259-9231, you know, I understand that people are sensitive in times like this, and if you're that sensitive, you shouldn't be listening to talk radio. Because people are going to call in and they're going to they're going to air their feelings. Some of them are going to talk about how horrible it was. Some of them are going to talk about how they want more gun rules. Some of them are going to talk about how uh, more freedom is the answer. And if it's if it's bugging if it's bugging you as a family member or as somebody who was close to one of the your, your loved ones who was slaughtered, then uh, you really you know take it easy. Go and read a book or. Uh, you know, sit in your hammock in the backyard. Don't listen to talk radio. Right. But in the meantime, I mean, the millions of other people who weren't directly connected want to talk about this. Right, and some people people work out their problems in different fashions. Some people are problem solvers, and that's why they jump immediately into how could we have how could we have prevented this? What could we do to fix this? How is this? How could we make this better? And that helps them. To mourn, to work through it. Right. Um, some people want to talk about the tragedy and, and how awful it was, the feelings that they had in the process. And, you know, that's what help, helps them. Some people, they need to be more introspective. And, you know, talk radio wouldn't be the right place for those people. Let's go to the phones and talk to April in Montana, listening on KGEZ. April's You're on back. Free Talk Live. Hey, April. Okay. I have a question. I, I, I would like uh, you to explain to me, basically... With the libertarian view, how this how the educational system would work? Well, it would work like any other market uh, product. Um, you, as a mother, would decide what the appropriate educational choices would be for your kids, and you'd send them to whatever school, or you'd homeschool or send them to whatever school you chose uh, as appropriate, and you'd pay for it out of your own pocket. Were you not able to actually pay for it, you could turn to a charitable organization that would uh, would be willing to help you out. So it'd be the marketplace providing schools instead of government coercion. Does that make sense? Now, so basically everything... I mean, what I'm hearing over and over again is that basically everything from art to education to the schools to medical, everything, basically all morals now, are, um, det- are, are determined down basically to a monetary unit. I mean, everything is based on money and the free market, basically. Well, I, I don't know what morals you're talking about, but uh, services have price tags every single time. And you can't right. avoid that with the gov- with putting the government in place. You can they only pay too much, right? The government's going to well, pay what about, um, three what about times a situation as much. Where, what about a situation where, say, the parents are are poor and uneducated, mm-hmm. and um, you know they can't afford to send their children to school, or they're just too. Um, ignorant to understand that their children need to have schooling and the well, kids that's a little unfair um, april I, I i've got to jump in here because what you've just done is you've decided what's right for those people's kids and i can't let you do that um otherwise i get to decide what's right for your kids okay okay that's not right. so okay and, and and granted there trust me i'm probably the biggest advocate of parental rights that you'll ever meet good my then, then we're on the same page <laughs> okay so but my question is this does that mean then that the child has no rights? Um, you know, I think that I, th- you know, uh, as far as child rights go, it gets a little strange here. But don't you think, as a parent, that you have the right um, to decide what your child does in their free time, what they, um, you know, how they get educated to some extent? Um, yeah, you know, but what I they mean, eat? what about the people who might decide that they want their child 
at 10 years old to go work in a factory. Well, I mean, what, what would prevent child labor? That's been that's been done in America um, in the past. And, um, you know, did did those people turn out horribly? I mean, I would assume you well, that requires someone to hire that child. Right. as Well, also, somebody has to hire that child. But, um, you know, I would assume that you consider your child to be your greatest asset. And most people that, you know, as a matter of fact, I'd say all the people, you know, consider um, their child to be their greatest asset. It doesn't seem likely in my world that that would happen, but I wouldn't want to be the one that would tell a family. Well, well I can tell you right here, as, as somebody who uh, has a, uh, a good respect for edu- or for working at a young age, I would want my kids working at a young age. I and started so, working yeah, at 12. If, April, I mean, if you'll hang on, April, we'll bring doing... you back into hour number three. Okay. We'll bring you back. All right, hang on. 800-259-9231. More with April in Montana and your calls as well. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching in hour number three. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet8.net toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. That one's again, freetalklive.com. Let's go back to the phones and back to the fun. We're back with April in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Now, April, uh, last hour we were talking about, you had called in towards the end of the show, and I wanted to make sure we had really had a chance to flesh out this discussion, so I held it over to the, this, this hour. Um, you were talking about schools, how uh, the marketplace would handle education, you know, what if we took the schools out of the hands of the government, what would that result in? And uh, we sort of, I, we briefly touched on that, and that sort of... St- um, basically, the, the concept is allowing parents to actually make the decision for themselves, as they would with any other product or service that they buy, as to what school to send their kids to, if to send them, uh, if, the, if they want to send them to a school at all. And that immediately led you to the, the ultimate question, well, what about those parents who just don't care about their kids' education and they want to send them to a factory to work 20 hours a day or whatever? That was well, your you concern, know- right? Yeah, I mean, and uh, let me tell you, I'm a parent who homeschooled my kids for the first uh, up until the seventh grade, okay? Mm-hmm, okay. Um, now, now, this is my question. What would then prevent, say, a parent, parents from breeding children that they could either sell as factory workers or rent out as factory workers or maybe send to sell to pedophiles who are in, you know, NAMBLA or something like that? What would, what would prevent that from happening? Well, um, let, remember, let's work on one subject choice. at a time here. I, 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 can't only, I can only handle one subject at a time, okay? April, so can I work on schools with you? No, because that's too easy. That's too easy and out for you. I want to give you, I mean, like we, we've got to carry what you're saying to the ultimate, the, you know. What prevents to, to, them from selling them to NAMBLA today? Well, because of the fact that there are government agencies, no, basically. No, no, CPS, no. Which, of course, I'm not, not really birth. like keen on C, keep, keen on CPS. But yeah, I mean, there's there are people. At, not if you home birth. If, they, if okay, the government this, doesn't know my, your kids exist, April, then they're not going to know that you had the kid and sold them to uh, Nambla or whatever. Now, I mean, you're totally. What you're talking about here is a complete what if fantasy. It's very unlikely that it would it would happen at all, but it could very well happen today. You pump out a kid at home. You don't fill out any paperwork. The government doesn't know that child exists. We know people here in New Hampshire 
that have kids that the government doesn't know exist. They're uh, they're raised at home, they're educated at home, and theoretically those parents could very well sell those people, uh, those kids on the black market, and you or I would never. No about and it. it would be a okay. very expensive See, proposition. April, back. my mother um, breeds do- breeds show dogs. Um, she's a professional dog handler, which may- means that she makes about as mu- enough money to cover the entrance fees. Okay, it's an extraordinarily expensive proposition, and that and um, one that one would only do out of love to raise these kind of um, show dogs because you've got to feed them, you've got to house them, you've got to do all this stuff, and that's what you're proposing with these uh, sort of I don't know selling off slave labor to NAMBLA situation. If you want, if NAMBLA wants to buy kids, they can buy Mexican kids from across the border a heck of a lot cheaper than they could American kids for whatever people would raise them for here. Okay. Well, the problem is, is that though, um, let's face it. I mean, and certain kids with blonde hair and blue eyes are more desirable by some people than than Mexican kids. And, I, and so and there would become a market for these. So-called or redheaded kids or Kidnapping whatever. Kidnapping false know. imprisonment would still be against the law. Okay. Okay. I mean, so, so, but, so, my point by bringing up this extreme fantasy of the selling the kids mm-hmm. is that there are a lot of parents who really don't care that much about their children, and I see it all the time. I see little kids in Fresno walking down the street. They're four or five years old by themselves to the grocery store to pick up something for their mother with their two-year-old little sister in tow, and they end up getting run over or something. And I Mm -hmm. consider those parents to be incompetent, uncaring parents. Now, those are the same kind of parents who I would envision would probably not be willing to extend too much money or effort in educating their child. Well, they're already extending effort in getting that kid out to to school in the morning, right? I mean, you're asking that parent to get up early, fix, um, uh, you know, fruity bam-bams for the kid, um, to dress them and uh, put their stuff in a backpack and send them off to to school. So that parent parent is already putting something forth, right? Very. You know, I... I don't know anything about... I've never seen a four-year-old walking to the store, by the way. I've never well, seen that. You should, you should go to Fresno, California. You'll see it all the time. You'll okay. see four- or five-year-old kids I believe you. I'm I've just never seen completely it. unsupervised down the street. I'm not interested they, in rebutting April on this, and I don't think that you should be on this point, Mark, because uh, she's, very, she's right. There are parents out there that just don't care that much about their kids. They pumped out the kids, for, what, and whatever, for whatever reason, they, they accidentally got somebody got knocked up. They had the baby, and they're just lousy parents, maybe even abusive, that sort of thing. And so it's very well possible that... That there are going to be parents out there that aren't treating their kids right. That that happens today, and it's tragic, and it's unfortunate, but it's not an excuse for forced wealth redistribution, and that's what you're talking about here. You're talking about the government taking our money that we earn at gunpoint, putting it all into a central pot, and then de- deciding how to spend it. In this case, you're talking about on schools, or in some cases well, by the, the Department right? of Children and Families. Well, what about the rights of the child who is an exceptional child and whose parents are lazy scumbags and who won't give them ed- an education? The kid can't wait until they're 20 years old. Here's an idea. Let's let the, here's here's what my suggestion is. 18 years old to learn how to read. I agree. So that they can, I agree. So, let's, you know. let's let the market handle this because um, if these parents that are so evil uh, want to send their kids out to work in the, the, the real world, then someone's going to have to hire this young person, and that someone who is hiring this young person is going to realize that, hey, this guy doesn't know how to even 
add two plus two. And so his his value in the job market is going to be very limited because in many jobs, very basic addition and subtraction is something that is is a requirement. Standard uh, diction. Yeah, even in the most basic uh, like cash register job, you still need to know that sort of thing. And so eventually, if this became a problem, and I don't think it would be because most people care about their kids, but if it became a problem, then the employer, you'd see the employer stepping up to say, okay, you know, I'll go ahead and, and foot the bill to send this kid to uh, to school so he can be a better employee for me. Somebody who cared would step into the picture and help out with these kids. I mean, that's just it's are, the are, are you for real? Because, honestly, I've worked with people down in California. I've worked at for Zaki Farms. I've worked for Franzia Winery, and I've, and I've worked for other food manufacturing. And these people not only cannot speak English – they can't add. They can't write their name. They can't do anything. So there's lots of jobs for people who are completely uneducated where they can actually, you know. Yeah, so, th- so there'll the, always be holes to dig. Absolutely. I understand right. that. Are the you are you saying is, that the only reason that, that these people... Doesn't that child have the right? Doesn't that child... Isn't there... At what point does a child have the right then to have a further education more than what their parent would allow them to have. Are you saying that the, the only reason that these people send their kids to school is because they will get in trouble with the law if they don't? Is that what you're saying? Well, they send their kids to school because it's free babysitting, for oh, one uh, thing. That's now, about, that's now, uh, we, we didn't propose for a second that there wouldn't be, quote-unquote, free to the parent schools out there. I think they're absolutely will, sure, will be. Sure, there, there are in plenty of countries out there the sisters the are nuns. educating people. Yep. Um, you know, there's there's no reason why there wouldn't still be free school that would uh, you know give one the basics of uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Now, do you think then that when before we had child labor laws that that, that things were working out really well? Uh, Yes, yes they were. I don't know that they were or don't or, or weren't, but the only thing you know is stories you've read, okay? And those stories were written by socialists that believe in, um, you know, a, a a socialist education system. I don't know. Right, but I've also, I mean, I know also what I have seen by living in a state where there are a lot of third world I know people. what I see now, which is an education system that spits out um, kids that are like 25% of them are functionally illiterate. Oh, I, I totally agree with then, you about... You know, how I'm are you going to fix that? How, how, I mean, this is the system here. you're defending. It's not doing what you say it's doing. No, I'm not. See, what you're, see I'm, I'm just trying to understand here how this libertarian society that you, you know, I'm trying to, because I'm kind of with you. I okay. mean, I kind of agree with, you know, I'm not a libertarian right. totally, I understand. but you're, I agree with you on a lot of stuff. You're, it's, it's, it can be frightening. I understand that the concept of freedom can be a frightening one. We don't know what all will happen. We won't have total control over our friends and our neighbors, and that's okay. In fact, April, if you'll hang on, I think we have a couple callers that might want to talk to you. If you want to get on the line with April, she's in uh, Montana. We're talking about schools. We're talking about freedom and allowing people to make the wrong choices. I think that's really a critical issue here, as well as the concept of uh, children working and what happened back in the industrial age. Look at that. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. Bulletin board system included over 210,000 posts. Over 1,300 people interacting. 
It's all completely free. Lots of different discussions going on there. Serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all. It's all completely free at freetalklive.com. Oh, and to get to the bulletin board system, you just go straight to bbs.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support FTL. All right, let's uh, let's bring April back on the line from Montana. We've uh, listening on KGEZ. We do have some calls. I'm going to get to those here in a moment. But I wanted to address the issue of child labor and just uh, the the sort of myth that uh, is very frequently, um, constantly found here in America that people have learned through their government schools. This is where this myth is propagated. The myth is that if it weren't for government, then people would still be toiling in dangerous horrible factory conditions and that's just not true um the fact is what what happens and what happened in this case and what happens frequently with government is that government will take credit for doing what the market is actually already doing for having done what the market was already moving towards the marketplace in the industrial times in america where people were toiling away in dangerous factories was believe it or not already moving towards more safety and the reason for that's simple. Um, so the government made all these laws and ran out in front of the parade and said, yeah, thanks to us, you've got safer working conditions. Not true. It was the marketplace that was demanding these changes. And the reason why was because people, as they become more wealthy, as society was becoming more wealthy, the variety of jobs that were being offered was expanding. And so if you've got, let's just look at factories. If you've got one factory in town and another factory opens up across town making similar products, the first factory already has a set amount of workers, and some of those workers are better than others. factory that's opening up across town is interested in getting some of those better workers over to their factory, and as well as hiring others. So what they have to do is differentiate themselves in the marketplace on a voluntary basis from the existing factory. So one of the ways they might do that is by installing better lighting, installing safer machinery, in, and, uh, and giving their workers better work hours and more breaks and that sort of thing. These, these innovations came about not through government mandate, April, but they came about through the demands of the workers, the workers who essentially said, you know what, y- you either make it safer for me to work here or I'm going to go across town and, and I'll get paid more and I'll be working in a, in a safer environment. The fact is uh, the marketplace is what makes it, it just makes itself safer on its own through consumer and worker employee demand. Does that make sense? You know, it does make sense, but I think that the differences between those two factories might be the difference between you're either standing in your own feces or at the other place you're not. But I mean, also be, the important you know, fact you know is you're I'm not saying? forced to. You're talking, you're talking about, well, you know, and what would stop them from importing like some Somalis who would be willing to do it for two cents an hour and just then they, you know, instead of the local townspeople. And so the local well, townspeople eco- would the economy would stop that. Business. The, the economy would stop that. You can't get paid two cents an hour and pay the rent in America. Well, whatever. I mean, you, you understand the point. What would then, if I mean, if that's what it is, I mean, what would stop? What would stop them from just importing these third world ch- children? I mean, let's face it. If child labor goes on in in uh, in Africa right now, they've got kids that are mining. 
that are being sold in slavery and that are mining. What stops manufacturers from doing it now, April? I mean, if I make tennis shoes, what stops me from going over um, to wherever it is you're talking about, Africa, um, you know, Latin America, wherever it is, you pick. What what stops me from putting a, a factory down there and building my shoes with child labor? So, you know, little six-year-olds building my shoes. Well, I think that they it does happen, doesn't it? No. Six-year-olds don't have the uh, manual dexterity to build shoes, um, well, but there whatever. are certainly I mean, have, and, and there are adults that, that are willing to get paid very little in those countries to do those jobs. They'd much rather have adults that are going to show up to work on time. Well, I just I th- I think that I think that it's gonna it would also you know ultimately come down to what are the rights? When does this child get to a point where they would have a right to maybe deviate from what their parent would? I say now, uh, Mark and I will probably disagree on this one. I say the children have that right as soon as they seize that right, as soon as they're ready to uh, to to define themselves. For themselves, then they should be able to do that. Mark would probably set an arbitrary date. Now, um, the the thing I would tell you you is currently, under current law, the way things are right now, you can take that child of yours, which I would say Americans cherish their children above anything else, that you can take that child and you can send them out to work starting at age 15, and then you can collect their paycheck. And then they can stop. You can tell them that they stop going to school at 16, and so you can put them to work for two years. How come Americans don't do that? Hmm. I probably because it's pretty hard for kids that age to get a job. No, because from it's because I, because, I, because it's a ludicrous scenario. Because people all over the world want the very, very, very best for their children. People want to have a, their children to have a better life than they had, and they know that education's the way to go about it. Let's take some I calls. Go ahead. You can you can make your point, April, and then we'll go to the calls. Oh, I just I just think that you're. I mean, I think I think it's a nice idea that there are parents, and I know a lot of parents who really do. But I've also met a lot of parents who really don't give a rat's ass about their kids. Well, you know, the and fact who, is, and, and and the only reason that they keep them is because you know they they see it as some kind of social responsibility to keep this child. Here's the trick, and, April. Here's the catch twenty two about freedom. If you want freedom for yourself, the freedom to keep all the money that you earn, spend it, save it, and give it away in the ways that you think are best, you have to give that same equal amount of freedom even to those scary people that you know that you don't really think they run their lives the way you'd like them to. You have to give them that freedom as well. And then let the marketplace decide how to handle it. You know, if you see you a kid see, down the street, hang on a second. Money isn't the end all to me. Money isn't the end freedom all Freedom is what I I'm talking are, about. I'm not just I talking think, about money. Yeah, I'm talking about freedom. Defining freedom by money. I mean, I think that was that, one, well, that was one example, April. One example. Now, one of the things you can do with that money, April, one of the things you can do with that money is you can pool it together with others, with mutual aid societies and that sort of thing. And if you see kids being abused or you see kids not being taken care of in the way that you think they should be taken care of, put some money together. Go to those parents and say, hey, you know what? We'll take these kids out of your hands. We'll uh, we'll take care of these kids for you. Um, Why don't you just give them up to us? In fact, we'll even give you a cash payment. And, you know, what do you think they would take? If they're interested in drinking beer and smoking pot and snorting coke all day long, do you think they'd take that cash? Give up their kid? I think it's certainly a possibility. Well, okay. And, you know what, even if they wouldn't give it up, even if, let's say, you've got kids down the street that are being beaten and abused by their parents, really, this is the most horrible situation you can think of. Well, in that case, I think that what you should do is either go there yourself and kidnap those kids... Or hire someone else to do it. Because that's what you're asking the government to do. 
when government gets involved in pe- people's lives with their kids and they send DCS or whoever it is out there, they're kidnapping people's children. It's just they're the government that's doing it instead of you or your friends. So, you know, actually take matters into your own hands and you be the kidnapper if it's really that bad of a situation down the street from you. All right, we're going to get to the calls, I promise. Hang on, April. April's a co-host now. Take care of your kid back. People want to talk to her. So uh, we're going to bring him on the line with her. And uh, hopefully she'll wait. Your calls as well at 800-259-9231. About whatever's on your mind, this is your show. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airways toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features on our website completely free. Though, we would like you to support the show by buying some stuff at amazon.freetalklive.com. 40 categories of products for you to shop in. Lots of different stuff uh, to buy. Uh, everything from groceries to DVDs, books, office products, furniture, baby stuff, accessories, you name it. They sell it. And if you buy it through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, Free Talk Live gets a percentage. And I must say, it's a pretty generous percentage. So a uh, great way to get the stuff you need and help Free Talk Live out all at the same time. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to hear and discuss the progress and, progress and future of the FSP, discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. To the, to the phones, uh, back, uh, back with April, who's uh, on the line with us, because she's kind of into this whole liberty idea, but it's also kind of scary at the same time. Well, there's a so, lot of questions. Right, and so we're going over a variety of different issues, and April, you, you're still with us, I believe? Yeah, okay. yeah. Great. We're going to have to send you a shirt, make you a co-host. We're going to go to the phones, actually, because people called in, they want to talk to you, and so we're going to go to the calls here. Let's talk to Paul in Maryland. You're on the phone with April on Free Talk Live. Uh, hey, hey, guys, and hey, April, how you doing? Fine. Um, uh, let me apologize right up front. Anything that I'm about to say is not di- specifically directed towards you or to, to insult anyone, e- even Ian and Mark. I am an individual who graduated high school just outside of uh, Washington, D.C., and I did not learn to read until after high school. Wow. When, when, I went to, when I went to my teachers, my teachers told me to go to my parents. That was my parents' job. And then wow. when I went, to, and, I, and I had parents that did not even look at my report card. They did not care about me at all. Hmm. Now, I, I own my own business. I have an IT business today. Wow. And I, and I make a, a, a great living. What? I think, you know, I have to agree with what Ian is when the person chooses chooses their, their you know, their freedom, which I did at that point, I, I knew I had to read. And I took it upon myself to learn how to read because I, I, I was too embarrassed to continue you know, being around friends that could read the newspaper or mm. read uh, a video game instruction. Wow. It, it, it was very, very upsetting to me. But this is, this is the reason why I'm calling in, is because all those years I went through school, I went through agony, and, and I graduated, and nobody cared. But why all of a sudden now, when, when we talk about privatization of schools, is everybody so nosy into what other people do with their children? When I suffered all those years, 
Nobody cared about me. Yep. Mm. Even with all the laws, even with the government mandates, the government, not only did your parents fail you, but of course the government school system failed miserably as well. You know, so and I, I, I went to work... I went to work at 12 years old, and I'd say I learned more working. Of course, I was working at a comic book store putting uh, things in alphabetical order. But it, it, that's beside the point. I'd say I learned more working than I did um, in high school. April? Go ahead. Yeah. Well, first of all, let me commend you on, you know, what a Faustian spirit to be mm-hmm. able to, to do this. And also, let me tell you, I'll be the last advocate of the American public school system because I homeschooled my kids for... The, the, the majority they have been homeschooled for the majority of their of their uh, education, and sure. I intend. I have a two year old who I intend to probably homeschool till she's, you know, ten, eleven years old too. Now, but the the but the point the point is though that there are a lot of people who maybe are a little bit more delicate than you in their you know and and would potentially have this. Um, ability to read and and or or this desire to read but wouldn't wouldn't be able to follow through the way that you did not because of lack of intelligence or but just like uh like psychologically they were too beaten down by the situation that they were in it's that would be a personal tragedy i was that person i i I can't tell you how many times i i contemplated suicide and, you know, I just I just had an awakening. I said, you know what, this is the land of the free. I'm, a, I'm very strong on the Constitution. And, 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 I, and I really, truly believe, April, that, you know, who am I to tell you what you, to do with your, your, your business, even if it has to do with your kids? And, and it, it, it upsets me, and you can probably hear it in my voice, that there's people out there that just they're, they're so overwhelmed with the concern of other people's children. They have children of their own. Stick with your with your children, and let the let the parents do with you know. Look, because I'm a prime example. My parents did not care. I mean, I, I'd come in at t- two o'clock in the morning. They did not care. Wow, amazing. And let, I, me, let me tell you that I am. You know, when I when I say I'm a, a pr- advocate of parental rights, I'm not talking out my ass. Okay, one of my best friends is Ed Steele, who defended the Christies. I don't know if you're familiar with those people that had their children taken away because the government decided that they were too slim and they, they weren't fat enough. And I'm also, I've am also i also actually gone through a very high-profile custody case in which I had to fight for my children, and my children were trying to take away from me because of my political beliefs. So, so I, I can completely agree, but I, even though I consider the system that we've got now pretty toxic and and Mm -hmm. i'm i'm still not convinced that the system that you are talking about would be any better okay all right paul and thank you for the call paul it was awesome we really appreciate hearing from you now the what we're not talking about a system we're just talking about the marketplace and allowing individuals to make choices for themselves how that couldn't be better i i i'm shocked that you would think that that the marketplace which provides so such a wide variety of products and services at affordable rates to people uh couldn't possibly provide education as a product and service it absolutely could and there would be such a, a wide variety of different types of education available competition would make the prices affordable and it would make such a wide variety of uh, of, of interests 
and and educational styles available and innovations available that you and I, April, we can't really even begin to imagine how awesome it right. could what really we, be. What we trade for what we currently what we we, we what we for the, for the mediocrity that we get the the even worse than mediocrity that we currently have in public schools. Mm-hmm. What we're trading away is just a huge explosion in education in um, new ways of doing things that we can't even begin to imagine how they would go. It's absolutely the case. Let's continue with the phone calls here. Uh, we've got Eric on the line in Illinois. Eric, you're on with April. Hi. Um, I have a potential solution to the education uh, concerns, um, and it, it relates to insurance companies. And I think what would happen is, uh, well, I mean, obviously an insurance company would rather not have to pay out on any policies than to actually pay out on a policy, sure. whether it's property insurance or um you know, health insurance. Gotcha. And would you, you know, think that a um, educated child or an uneducated child would be more or less likely to commit crimes against people or property? Um, and I think, you know, most people would say an uneducated person would be more likely to commit crimes. I think that's fair to say. And I don't think that that's fair to say at all because I, I think that probably – from what I understand, statistically, some of the the, the vast majority of crime is white collar crime. That as far as mon- you know, and since you guys are talking about the the market system, and since everything has a monetary value, I mean, then we should base it on that. And from what I understand, I don't have a computer next to me right now. I'm sitting in a car, but from what I understand, the vast majority of um, statistically of the amount of money that is stolen, the amount of of, of goods that are stolen are stolen by white-collar workers. Actually, the, right, the vast majority of money that's stolen is stolen by governments. Um, that's a fact. It may be true. We were just saying, what would most people say? Eric, uh, you got to finish up your thoughts real quick. Okay. Um, what I was thinking was that an insurance company would be more likely to have in their policy some sort of stipulation that if you have a child, that you, should, you have to provide some sort of education for that child, simply because they would be it would decrease the chance that they would go out and commit crime. I think that's an interesting uh, way to suggest that the market would handle it. Of course, it ignores the fact that there would be plenty of people that just wouldn't want insurance. Um, but, you know, right. that's that's their choice to make. And people should be free to make those choices. And, April, keep listening. We really appreciate your call. Thank you. And I know we'll hear from you again. And, you know, this is something that builds. It's something that takes time to really sure to really come to grips with. And, we, we, you know, we're guilty of throwing it to the wolves here on Free Talk Live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More on the way. You take control. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You bring up what you want, even in these remaining moments. Just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. Um, that, once again, is freetalklive.com. But we do encourage you to become a Free Talk Live amplifier. So if you like all the things we're doing on the website, you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live and get us on as many radio stations as possible... You should join the AMP program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is simple. You send in 3 bucks a month, we turn it around into promoting Free Talk Live, getting us on more stations, getting more Internet listeners, and that sort of thing, thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty to a lot of new people. If that's valuable to you, head over to amp.freetalklive.com. Learn about the program. Learn about the perks that you get access to. Uh, once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones. It is... The free market. Well, it was. Uh, let's go to Mike in somewhere. Mike in California. 
Hey, hey, you're on Free Talk Live. Thanks. Is April gone? She is, unfortunately. What's on your mind? Uh, I was gonna. She had she had said a couple of times, um, or she had mentioned a couple of times, the right of children to have a better education than their parents, or more broadly, the right of children to have an education. And while that is a hugely debated topic, um, just the fact that she thinks children do have a right to my money, and I don't think they have a right to my money, should at least in a land of the free mean that it, we have to think about it, we have to talk about it. We don't just take my money for that kid. Yeah, and we didn't really also, jump on. We didn't really well, jump on her for that one. R- rights are such a difficult concept to, uh, to 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 bring forth to people. It well, doesn't. They're, they're not talking about rights. They're talking about what they want and how to expeditiously do it. Exactly. So, had I spoken to her, I would have mentioned that, but then said that's not even my point in this call. My point is, uh, April also ex- expressed very strongly an urge to help these people that she saw in Fre- these children that she mm-hmm. saw in Fresno and. Mm-hmm whose uh, parents abuse them and whatnot. And again, if she feels so strongly about helping them, she would be, I'm sure, more than willing to give some of her money to help them. And I'm sure she knows lots of people who would. I do, too. I am not one of the people that would help them, at least not in all circumstances. So why should my money be taken from me to help them? In fact, if she thinks it's so important to help these people, and there are so many people who want these poor children help, why put a gun to our head to help them? when she's obviously working already to help them for free. Why wouldn't other people? Yeah, I mean, that's just it. Um, most people are charitable. Most people are yeah. generally good, and they and want to help you. Br- you bring up an important point, which is once they've, um, forced to, uh, you know, you're forced to give up your money, which is uh, what public schools are all about, things get really inefficient because there's no, there's no competition for your dollars No accountability, anymore. no At, incentive. A public Absolutely. school generally charges about... Twice it, it not charges. It costs about twice as much to educate a kid in public school as it does in a private school. Now, a private school that educates on average better. It's just I, I, that's why I said generally. Okay, because there are want? some expensive private schools. <laughs> Absolutely, but I mean, I went to a, a private school in my town that I grew up in, Bradenton, Florida, that educated uh, better than the um, local public schools. Anybody would have said so, mm-hmm. um, and it was less. It was less, almost half of what um, a I mean, even comparing public school was spending <laughs> at the time. You can even look at government schools. I mean, here in Keene, where we are, they charge the, the no, they don't charge, but the the per pupil amount is thirteen thousand dollars per year. Yep. Where we come from, I was shocked to hear that it was seven thousand. They spend almost yeah. twice as much here in Keene as they spent down in Sarasota, Florida, and I would argue that the results are about the same as far as what they're getting. For their money. Well, yeah, it is. It is, of course, inefficient to uh, to not have to account for your money. But uh, my point was the volunteerism. I mean, for example, if April thought, or anyone thought, it was so important to donate blood, are they going to force me? Are they going to rip blood from my body if mm. I don't want to? Yeah. No, it's it's got to be a voluntary thing. In fact, if it's not, it's worthless. I mean, if you're going to steal my money, well, first there's the inefficiency, but second of all, it's not a value anymore. You're now pumping. Uh, blood money into a system that's going to educate these children about blood money. Yep, you're anyway, absolutely that was my right. Whole point. Mike, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 800 259 9231. That is really what it's all about. And that's what every one of these issues boils down to. We can make point and counterpoint on guns and on schools and on workplaces and on rights. And really, it all boils down to volunteerism versus coercion. It's something that I've sort of determined that is essentially 
one of the things I'm trying to do in life is is help people understand that when you're talking about a government program, regardless of what the how vaunted the goals are and how wonderful the the uh, the the program was intended to be, you know, oh, it's supposed to help people. This program's supposed to give poor people money. This program's supposed to help kids get educated. This program's supposed to help do blah blah blah. Whatever the goals are, doesn't matter. What matters is the means to the end. And when it comes to government, the means is always give it to me or else. Mm-hmm. The means are, are always you pay up or you spend time in a prison cell. Well, what's that? You don't want to go to the prison cell? Well, then we're just going to have to shoot you. And that's, that, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's, you're going to go. That's inappropriate. How anyone could ever argue that that's acceptable and okay either belies that they're psychopathic or they're just they're just ignorant and have not really looked at the true nature of the system that is out there. The government is force and it is violence and it's wrong to use force on your neighbors. Now if your if your neighbors are abusing their kids, then I don't think it's wrong to go in there and kidnap those kids. Personally, that's just me. I don't think that's wrong. If you've got evidence that those kids are being abused and you can show that evidence in an arbit- you know, a public arbitration, then I think that the arbitrators would easily say, oh my gosh, this is awful abuse that was going on. Thank you. You've done these children a favor by taking them out of the, uh, that horrible home. Well, that's the free market um, system that, that you envision that ha- includes no government whatever. Um, because I government say, is force. That's why. Once you're, once you're talking about uh, you know, kidnapping or harming another individual, whether that person's your child or not, that the police will get involved in uh, you know, a smaller government world, which is what I would be referring to. That's true, unless it's one of their own, in which case they'll cover his butt. 800-259-9231, Chavez in California. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello? Hey, Chavez, you're on the air. Hey, what's up? I love the show. Thanks. What's on your mind? Um, well, anyway, well, my name's Travis. Oh, sorry about that. Travis. Yeah, no problem. We try to get the board well, to spell names, but they don't always do so well. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I want to talk about the Virginia um, college shooting. Yes, sir. Well, um, I was wondering, like, uh, that was a state uh, college, right? Most all sta- uh, colleges yes. are state colleges. It'd probably be safe to say yes to that. Um, if they're not a state college, they're probably getting money from the state. I think there's only one or two colleges in the entire country of America that is co- are completely privately funded, and Virginia Tech, not one of them. Okay. Well, I was just wondering if, like, um, if it was a private uh, university, could they, like... Um, because you said that the uh, like answer would be to make it slow that people could have guns. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In a private, uh, in a private university, couldn't they like uh, like say that the students couldn't have guns there? They could say they could, and they could say they couldn't. Yeah, they could set whatever rules they wanted to. Yeah. So would that make? But then that would make a. Would there be more likely to be shootings then, or something? Or? Well, I think that I think that in the absence of guns, there are there are a, a, there's a higher chance of shootings uh, to occur. That's why you see shootings at schools where there are gun-free zones, and you don't see them at gun shows. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. There. So there's there's your uh, there's your answer. Any other thoughts? Uh, no. Just Thanks, to, Travis. Uh, we appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You know, we should check that out, Mark. See if see if Hill is it's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale right? College is is at least there's some kind of differentiation. There was another college that was somehow didn't accept government funds, but Hillsdale was superlative in some respect. 
But, I think Hillsdale but, was like the trailblazer in that, mm-hmm. in that area. But Hillsdale's completely private. And as I understand it, the guy that originally founded the college is of a pretty market-based mindset. I would imagine he was. Um, so I'm curious as to, you know, if you went to Hillsdale's website or whatever, would they have a statement about um, this whole Virginia Tech incident? Like, what's their gun policy? What's the gun policy like on the one private college or one of the two or so private colleges in America? I'm curious about that. Nah, well, I'll, I'll look it up, but uh, it's not look. like it's something I could answer in the last minute of the show. Certainly I can not. Tell you that. That's why we have another show tomorrow night, which mm-hmm. you can join us for, of course, uh, online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. And you know what? I still didn't get to the other show prep that I really wanted to get to. I mean, that's okay. This is a Free Talk Live working the way it's supposed to. Your calls uh, direct the show. And we've been, we've been having a lot of calls this week, which is awesome. And uh, appreciate everyone who's called in and participated. But there's still another important story I hope to get out there tomorrow night about... The just disturbing amount of Americans, 52.6% of them. That's just one of the disturbing statistics. 52.6% of Americans now taking so-called significant income from government programs. Mm. Have we reached the tipping point where uh, our economy is about ready to, to crash and burn when the vast majority of Americans are taking money from government? It's kind of disturbing to me, and of course, Wayne will be on the show to help and analyze this uh, tomorrow night. Your calls as well. We'll see you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Do you like to build things? Have you ever cut wood with a tool? Are you tired of poor quality goods found in the Megalomart? If you answered yes to any of these questions, woodcraftplans.com has a fun project for you to make. We have hundreds of blueprints and patterns which can help all skill levels of craftspeople make wooden lawn furniture, bedroom furniture, Yard decor like wishing wells and shadow figures, rocking horses, and a lot more. Visit woodcraftplans.com today. Get a plan and start building. That's woodcraftplans.com. 